Yes, indeed. We need a revolution, a revolution of love. And by love, I mean real health in all its complex beauty that does not separate mind, body, and soul. And that's what we're starting right here today with an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, welcoming you to this debut show. Please know that the content on this show is for informational purposes only. It's not for medical or legal advice. I always have to tell you guys that. Um, The conversation that we bring to you should be just the beginning, just the starting point so that you can go off and do a deep dive on your own and learn and explore and decide what is your stance, what is your truth, so that you can live an informed life. Before we get to our first guest, uh, and he's got a little bit of audio trouble here, so I'm they're fiddling in the background there, so hopefully we can get him connected. Um, he's gonna, I'm keeping him a surprise, and you'll find out why a, a little very soon. Um, something very important that I need listeners to this program to be able to try to do is to be critical about what you think you already know, to develop the skill to be able to step back and every so often reevaluate, take in new information and ask yourself, why do I believe that? Why do I think that? Look at new information and then see, do you still believe that? Or maybe there is something new um, along the way. We're bombarded by so much information, it gets overwhelming. We're saturated at every turn with marketing messages. And nobody spends more money marketing to you than the drug industry, except maybe our government, um, who uses taxpayer money and the vast network of public and private health agencies to push forward their public health goals. Sometimes public health goals are fabulous, we agree with them, like uh, reducing smoking. We can all agree on that one. But sometimes they get it terribly wrong. Like when for decades they gave sugar a free pass and we were all told that fat was the enemy. Um, This government-backed fat-free fad caused untold number of chronic health issues and countless deaths. And in fact, people are still suffering from that whole fat-free fad, taking um, cholesterol-lowering medications and cutting off entire branches of nutrients that are essential for brain function as well as for your immune system. In fact, last week on uh, Dina Marie's Lift Your Spirits Radio, I interviewed Dr. Brownstein, and he said that cholesterol is essential for vitamin D production. Um, The government also spends an awful lot of money telling people to stay out of the sun and to slather themselves with sunscreen. And this is another um, message out there that interferes with vitamin D levels. So what has been found to be consistently low in every single severe COVID-19 patient? Vitamin D. You guessed it. So these are examples of how well-intentioned messaging at the public level can get it very wrong. And it can cause unintentional negative consequences. The messaging can take on a life of its own and get out there into the world and people go crazy with it. Industry throws products at you to follow the messaging, follow the money, even when new science comes along. With fat and sunshine, the government doesn't really have a vested interest in changing their stance. But when new science comes along on another subject, uh, 
Well, it's a far different story. And I'm talking about what is arguably the most controversial subject on the planet, vaccines. Decades ago, when little was known about the human immune system or the symbiotic relationship we have with the microbial world, the US government chose vaccines as their preferred tool to combat infectious disease. And they have modeled all of public health on this germ theory, which uses the language of war. We are told we are now fighting an invisible enemy that we must all sacrifice much and take risks, risks of vaccines, uh, risks of wearing masks, risks of uh, abandoning your job, hiding in your home in order to defeat the invisible enemy. And as in war, collateral damage must be accepted and public perception of risk minimized. Faith in vaccines their chosen weapon of war must also be protected at all costs. Drug companies obviously are thrilled that governments around the world follow the germ theory and how hard they work at trying to silence any criticism about their favorite weapon. Um, probably the most famous incident that, that highlights what the drug industry does in order to combat criticism against their products would be Vioxx. That was Merck's pain medication. Uh, Merck was found criminally guilty of hiding information that showed that their product Vioxx caused an increased risk of heart attack. It led to at least 50,000 early deaths due to heart attack. Um, in the discovery process of this trial, it was found that there were emails between Merck employees that contained doctors' names on a hit list um, and they were told to quote neutralize or that somebody had been neutralized or they were told to discredit a doctor who was critical of their product. Why do I bring that up? Because that's kind of standard industry. That's sort of built into their, probably their marketing campaign is who do we discredit if, once they find out something bad. And no man on the planet has been more targeted by the drug industry than the person I'm about to introduce you to. On the surface, these attempts to discredit and neutralize my guest um, may seem to have worked in some regards, but I tell you, it is backfiring big time because there is no man with more integrity, more humility, more kindness, more intelligence, more dedication to truth and healing than my guest, Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Dr. Wakefield, welcome to an informed life radio. Thank you very much. It's great to be on with you. Now, am I, am I, can you, if I put my phone on mute. I cannot hear you if your phone is on mute. Okay. We will get this straightened out. So um, if you guys don't mind bearing with us, this is a debut show and we've got long distance things going on here. We're gonna just take a minute to make sure we can hear Andy and what he has to say. So Eric, um, would if you could help Andy get his sound working a little bit better. I'm pulling in Eric, who's our engineer here. Sure, Andrew, you just need to turn down your computer audio and listen on the phone. Turn down the computer audio. Okay, there we go. So you should be able to hear me on the phone alone, yes? Yes, that's much better. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can. I've never had that problem before. One can only imagine that someone... <laughs> <laughs> 
No, 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 that would be conspiracy theory. We don't do that. Yeah, okay. no, we we don't want to go there. Oh, no, definitely. No, no, no. We don't need to. We don't need to. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, so listeners, you know, this is the famous, infamous, uh, Dr. Andy Wakefield, who I had the pleasure of meeting several years ago and spent some time with interviewing and, and we're still working on that fabulous project. That's going to be everything, any, a vaccine university as it were. And, um, you know, the timeline that was put together looking at what happened to you about your work on measles on mmr on the gut all of that when you see that it's kind of mind-blowing because you're able to put and i can't wait for for the world to be able to see this timeline because you see the events that happen and there's no way that the articles that were published that attempted to discredit you and the things that the government did it, it's so convoluted. The only way it could have happened is with intent. So, um, and with that, I, I just invite uh, readers. We don't have time to go into any of that. That's that's old news. But if when you heard the name Andy Wake, Andrew Wakefield, you gasped and you're like, oh, then uh, then I encourage you to go to our website. We've got links there to deep dives where you can read um, all the facts and decide for yourself what you think. Um, so, uh, but a lot of people and a growing number, exponentially growing in this COVID chaos number of people, when they hear the name Andy Wakefield, they go, holy cow, that's awesome. I can't believe he's there. I'm so thrilled that he's there. Um, I've brought you on the show because your film, you've got a brand new film, Andy, that's out, 1986, The Act. So tell us about the film. Wow. Okay, that's an open book. I um, <laughs> thank you. the The film is an extraordinary story that really demanded to be told. It never been told. It had been misconstrued, misunderstood. But it is the story of an act that was signed into law, put on the statute in 1986 by Ronald Reagan, which gave liability protection to the pharmaceutical industry for damage done by their vaccines, by the vaccines on the recommended childhood vaccine schedule. And it came about largely because of the whole cell pertussis vaccine, which was causing um, a high rate of brain damage and death in children. And the industry said to the government, you want children to have this vaccine, the states mandate this vaccine, and yet we are being sued for the damage done. We've made this vaccine as safe as we possibly can. And so if you want children to have this vaccine, then you must take liability for the damage done. If you don't, then we will stop making this vaccine and children will die because pertussis, whooping cough, will come back and you will be to blame. Now, that's the story that is told. That is the story that we are led to believe. And as a consequence of that, Ronald Reagan reluctantly signed the act. Now, that's not what happened at all. And in going through the discovery process, going through the investigation, while we were making this film, a very different story emerged. It's really about two things, and I want to describe those to you. 
on the first blush, it's about what happens when you take a product or an industry, vaccines and the vaccine makers in this case, out of the free market. When you remove them from the constraints of the free market, and your your listeners, your viewers will know that the free market in this country operates extremely effectively such that good products float to the surface and the companies thrive and the products sell. Bad products, the unsafe products sink to the bottom and the companies either change, improve their products, or they perish. If you take a product out of that that is unsafe, that is dangerous, and you have no liability whatsoever for the damage done by that vaccine in this case, then you have a major problem. When you then mandate that product such that you have a captive market, a mandatory market, every child in the country cannot go to school until they've had that product, then you have a disaster. What you have then is a mandated product with no liability, and all the companies can do is make a massive profit. And that's exactly what the pharmaceutical companies did. But it gets much, much worse than that, because then they had to protect that profit, that growth, all of the new vaccines that came onto the market as a consequence, a direct consequence of the gold mine, the gold rush that was started by the 1986 Act. And what happened Subsequently, is that the industry conspired with the government agencies like the CDC, like the FDA, like the National Institutes of Health to sabotage, to disable those things that the government Congress had put in place to protect America's children. So the demand, the requirement that safety studies were done to make these vaccines safe for the children, to ascertain the true rate of adverse reactions to vaccines. And you see, the CDC in particular never wanted a compensation program because every time you compensate the children for injury or death, it means that vaccines can do that. And they didn't want anyone to know that vaccines can do that. They wanted to pursue and imbue the mantra into the populace that vaccines are safe and effective, that they're properly tested, when all along it was a grand lie. And so then the situation in which we find ourselves now is that all of those things have come together and we have 72 doses of 16 vaccines by the age of 18 for children or they don't receive and education. And it is a very, very, it's an alarming situation on the face of it without going into the history of this act and how it really came about. And it was an astonishing thing. I thought I knew a little bit about the act. And as I went into it, and in particular when I got discovery documents from legal cases before the act came into being, from Mike Hugo, who's a lawyer, a plaintiff's lawyer in vaccine court. And I was astonished. I mean, I have studied the pharmaceutical companies, the vaccine makers, for 30 years. That's what I've done. And I, even I, was astonished by 
the extent to which they had corrupted the system, lied to politicians, lied to judges, lied to parents, lied to doctors, lied to the lawmakers, lied to everybody to get what they wanted. Yeah, one I, of the big I've, problems, sorry. Bernadette, well, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I've watched your film twice now. Um, and I'm, I'm going to watch it again because I, I was like, I thought I knew the story, the backstory, but I realized I only had fragments. And I, you did a brilliant job of, even though it, you know, is, it only could show a little bit of things, you, you pulled us through that whole narrative and you showed us those documents, the real documents. And um, listeners should know if they go to your website, 1986 The Act, you've uploaded several of those original materials there so people could see this journey of deception right there you know it's it's astounding so yeah go ahead yes the documents that were not in the public domain we put on our website so that people can't say oh you just made this up and this never happened it's conspiracy theory if you if you don't believe it go and read the documents for yourself it's actually worse it's actually much worse than the film had time to portray. Um, and the next, the other thing, Ben, and I, I, I value your feedback on this and that of your listeners, is it was a really tough film to make as a filmmaker. How do you make legislation and complex litigation and medical science entertaining? How do you do that? I mean, it, this could put even the most ardent fan of this subject to sleep in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was really, it was really challenging because it is a very complex piece of legislation that's been argued all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. And, and it was badly worded in the first place and has been so contentious and so perverted by the system that how did you tell this story? And I, it's interesting, I was at a pop-up fundraiser in Los Angeles uh, back in 2019 and there was a celebrity couple there, and they said, we must do everything we can to help make this film. And I was standing there, I suddenly had the device, the, the, the filmic device that, that I needed to tell the story, and that is that they were going to be the narration. They were going to be a couple. They were going to be sitting there in their kitchen having the same conversation that parents all around the world, in every country of the world, are having right now. What do I do about vaccination for my children? Because as you say, this is the most controversial topic that there is right now. And they go on a voyage of discovery. And they lead us through the process. They do their research. They do what every parent could have done or should have done, or maybe did do to some extent. They are us. So now we're engaged. Now we care. We care yes. about them. We care about the income. So the yes. outcome for these parents, because the outcome for them is the outcome for us. And they are revealing this extraordinary information in a way that we can relate to. And that was a challenge as a filmmaker, because you're combining dramatic fictional narrative with documentary filmmaking and it could end up looking like an ice cream sundae it could end up <laughs> with a complete disaster and i'll leave it to the viewers to judge whether they feel it worked or not but the important I... thing was that we had real people 
experiencing real problems um, in real time. And we did not know, when we finished filming the actors in, mm-hmm. in November, no one had heard of COVID. And yet mm-hmm. it was extraordinary timing. One has to believe that the universe has conspired to bring these events together, this film here to the public at this time, because what it says is that we have been here before. We have seen this before. We've seen fear used as a marketing tool. We've seen panic. We've seen politicians making bad decisions. We've seen vaccines rushed to market. The words are the same. The words are identical. Rushed to market. This isn't a blessing. It was a curse. Mm -hmm. It was a curse in 1976 with swine flu vaccine. And we've seen indemnity given to the industry before. Mm -hmm. And that led to catastrophe. So people can look into this mirror, this looking glass, and see the future for what may happen if we make the same mistakes that we made before with a coronavirus vaccine for COVID-19. Exactly. This is even more rushed, even more dangerous, even more experimental. We're using vaccines now that are really Frankenstein vaccines about which we know very, very little. That's not to say we shouldn't have a vaccine that people can opt into or opt out of. If that's your choice, that's fine. But please do not expect the people to be to accept that they should be forced mm-hmm. to receive that vaccine, particularly in the absence of any knowledge of its real safety beyond the short term. And even that is not good. Oh, exactly. And, you know, um, I think probably a lot of listeners have heard, maybe not, that uh, there's never been a successful vaccine in this uh, category of virus before for good reason because of the way it attaches and the potential for pathogenic priming. Um, and like you said, some of the, the platforms that are being looked at, like Moderna's mRNA platform with this these lipid nanoparticles that put this messenger RNA into your cells where it, you know, um, this is all brand new technology and and Moderna's never brought a product to market. They've never brought a, a lipid nanoparticle mRNA vaccine to market. We don't know and we won't know for years, maybe decades, the long-term consequences of doing that. But when you, you just do a simple search on PubMed and you look up mRNA, lipid particles, and you begin to read the science. As the scientists are talking to each other about their discoveries, you're like, whoa, they're talking about lung damage, autoimmune disorders from from the ingredients of these vaccines that are potential and that they're, they're going to have to watch for. So it is very alarming. And it's my understanding that likely when this vaccine makes it to the, at first to the American public, it probably will be some sort of emergency use. It may not even yet be licensed by the FDA, but it will fall underneath the PREP Act, the Emergency Preparedness Act, which is similar to the 1986 Act, but a little bit worse, because it not only indemnifies vaccine makers, it indemnifies anybody who administers them. The 86 Act does that as well. But it also indemnifies those people who tell you you have to get it 
to the public health officials pushing it on you. It's very broad um, and, and really frightening. And I just wonder if people, what's that informed consent gonna look like at the doctor's office when you roll up your sleeve? How much are they gonna tell you about the clinical trials, what they don't know, and about the fact that this product um, is indemnified. Um, we've got about one more minute um, before we go to break. And um, Andy, during the break, we're still going to be on YouTube, um, but our radio listeners are going to go and, and hear some information about HBOT and vitamin C and, and some great things like that. Uh, but I'm going to play as much as I can get in in our two-minute break um, a trailer, the 1986 The Act so that people um, have the opportunity to view and see a little bit of what we've been talking about with your film. Um, and so I will just say to Eric, well, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to a break. This is Bernadette Pager on Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. <laughs> Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington State. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best healthcare decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Bernadette Pager. Your host and with me is Andy Wakefield. And we're talking about his fabulous uh, film. I'm going to move a little bit. You guys on YouTube can see the 1986, the act and the rest of you uh, listening on the radio. This is such a brilliant film at such an important time. Um, in 1986, nobody, or almost nobody had it. Was there internet? When did we get internet? I can't even think back that far. Let's no, I, I, gosh, I don't know, but we certainly didn't have it. When I was a young doctor, we didn't have internet at all. We didn't even have computers. Mm -hmm. So um, that goes to show how old I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you, Andy. Um, I've, I've got this lovely filter on my my screen here for you YouTube viewers. It's quite lovely. Um, but uh, so 
what they didn't have then we have now and i think that's what frightens the pharmaceutical industry and i think that's why um a couple of doctors that normally are really very harsh to us in our efforts for vaccine safety reform seem to in some way side with us so dr hotez and dr offit all of a sudden we're talking about needing to be careful to do the safety science right about you know potential dangers of what's going on i believe they realize that because the world is so different now the spotlight we've got so many avenues to learn what's really happening in these clinical trials and to dive into information i mean here i am in my home and i can go read all the science i can look it up and and they keep trying to tighten everywhere we can talk amongst each other to to keep that information getting to us and it's not working because the more they try to silence us the more curious people get what do we know right and um so your film giving the backstory really illuminates what the average american who really didn't care to hear about vaccines finally care about because it's hitting very close to home um, i think you're absolutely right in the day um never has this discussion been more prevalent and i think that a lot of it's come about because of the threat of adult mandate that we're going to have to have a covid 19 vaccine and people who really didn't pay much attention to this issue before are really paying attention now and so worldwide this is really the the, the hot topic and there was something else, Bernadette, that I, I, I said there were two things about the film. One was what was the history of the act and what happens when you remove products from the constraints of the free market. But there's something much more important that I want to share with your listeners, if that's okay. And that is, mm -hmm. what is this film really about? What is it about at its core? It's about something far, far more powerful than anything man could have contrived, and that is maternal intuition. It's about that voice inside this expectant mother that says, there is something not right about this. There is a problem, there is an issue, and I am going to get to the bottom of it. And that is the journey she goes on, and that is the journey that she takes her husband on. Now. These two, this couple, are really a, a compilation of all of the thousands of parents I've met over the years. It's their story. And it's usually in 95% of families where there is discord about whether we should vaccinate or not. It's the mother who says, there's a problem here. And the husband who says, ah, oh, forget about it, get over it, you know, what about polio? And so we address that issue right up front. But it's an extraordinarily powerful thing. And I just want to dwell on that for a moment because it's not an emotional argument. This is a survival imperative. This is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. It's been evolving over millions of years, and it's the reason that we're here on this earth now. It's this extraordinary power of maternal intuition. Now, people have said, people who haven't said the film, seen the film or have misconstrued the film, 
say, oh, you're just anti-science, you're deferring to the mother's instincts rather than science. No. What do the mother's intuition, what does the mother's instinct in this case cause her to do? It doesn't cause her to say, I'm not going to vaccinate. If it did, then there'd be no film. It would be over in five minutes. It causes her to investigate the science, to download the science, to read the science, to analyze it, mm -hmm. to get to the very bottom, to get documents that no one has ever seen before from legal discovery, to ask the questions, to defer to the science and come to her own informed choice. And as you said about your program at the very beginning, what you are here to do is to encourage people to do exactly that, to go on mm -hmm. their journey of discovery. Because here, in this kitchen, these two uncover the most extraordinary story of lies, deceit, corruption, perversion of the truth, perversion of the intent of Congress. And that is what we are capable of doing now, just as you say. Mm -hmm. And that's how this comes about. Yeah, and it's interesting because as more and more people wake up, I mean, even the World Health Organization at their meeting in last December said that we're growing by exponential numbers, the people who are questioning and concerned and paying attention. So now there's this major push. Did you see the Forbes article that it's almost laughable where it says, do not research. The average person should not delve into those things that you don't have a degree to, to fully understand. It, 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 it's so absurd that they are working so hard to try to prevent people for, from thinking for themselves. Um, you know, I have a bachelor's degree that's, it's not a science degree, but you know, I'm, I'm able to look I don't even have to look at the, get down in the weeds of science, but I'm, I'm perfectly capable of say reading the 800 page um, Institute of Medicine report that says where they looked at vaccine injury and, uh, and vaccine reaction pairs that they were tasked to look at because people were reporting vaccine injuries and they were, every so often tasked by this 1986 act to look very closely to see what's the evidence. Is there evidence to say vaccines cause this? And time and time again, as you're reading this report, they say, we have no evidence. We have no data. Nobody's done the studies. Nobody's done the studies. And in fact, in 2015, there was a white paper commissioned by the CDC and the top vaccine expert, Stanley Plotkin, served as a subject matter expert. And Edgar Marcuse, who's right here in Washington State on our Department of Health Vaccine Advisory Committee, um, he was a subject matter expert. And they looked at, it started with a few hundred, they got down to um, like 70 some, um, possible adverse reactions, and they evaluated them on plausibility. Was there biological plausibility that it that it um, that the vaccine causes, or actually, this one was whether or not exposure to the full schedule could have caused this? If there was biological plausibility, it remained on the list. The list includes allergies, autism, um, asthma gastrointestinal disorders, seizure disorders, the list was all of the things parents say happened to them after vaccination with their child. And they, can, you know, they were tasked to try to design studies to find out 
if if it was really happened. So this is five years ago. They had no answers. They wrote some lame study protocols that would not find answers. <laughs> and, and, and we've got nothing, right? So I can read that. I don't have to know science to understand that science does not exist to support their claims of safety. I'm smart enough to do that. I also have friends like you who are MDs and friends like James Lines Weiler is a PhD and friends who are immunologists, um, naturopaths. I've got some pretty amazing friends that when it's something beyond me, I can consult the experts to, to help me work through um, some of those. And so your film does a great job of walking people through very complex history. A lot of it is legal history. It's not it's not so much the science as the the business, the ugly business. And then I'd like you to talk a little bit to the fact that, you know, it, originally our government and the governments around the world supported vaccines and out of what good intentions. They want to save lives. They knew nothing really about the immune system. Very, We still don't know enough about the immune system. But as things progressed and continued, they, they had to keep defending more and more in order to preserve faith in the vaccine program to the point where they are unable, they're so conflicted, they're unable to do anything but defend. I mean, if they were to admit now that vaccines cause allergies, autism, um, you know, what would happen? But I think that's where, where we're headed. What do you think? Do you think we're on the way to that full exposure? Yes, we are. Part of the reaction, the reason that it is so extreme, so broad, is that vaccination of the public health policy, the success of that policy, the success of vaccination, depends entirely on public confidence in the policymaker. And when that confidence is eroded, when that's gone, then all they have left is for. So what we're seeing now in the absence of that confidence on the part of many, many, many thousands and thousands of people is force. We're going to force you to be vaccinated or your child cannot go to public or to private school. We're going to limit exemptions. We're going to take away religious and philosophical exemptions. In the, in the land of the free, we are going to market our products, we are going to demand that people take them in the absence of any informed consent. We are going to, uh, we're not going to do the science that Congress has instructed us to do, indeed given us the budget to do. We are not going to do that because it runs the danger of revealing the true rate of adverse reactions. We're then going to go after scientists and physicians who question the safety of vaccines scientists who are investigating vaccine safety or physicians who are giving um, informed consent or giving exemptions to vaccination, we're going to take their licenses away. And then we're going to take children away from their parents and put them into foster care and vaccinate them forcibly if their parents do not agree to vaccinate. And when you get into a situation where you are reliant exclusively on force, coercion, lies, bribery, deception to market your product, that is a road to nowhere. That is going to fail. It's just like the 
censorship that we're witnessing at the moment, where it started on social media with anti-vaxxers, then it became vaccine safety aware people, then it became people who were concerned about broader health freedoms, and then it became about people marketing nutritional supplements, everything that conflicted with the interests of a pharmaceutical industry that was hell-bent on vaccines and vaccines only. And in those circumstances, we now find that they've broadened the remit of censorship to include the mainstream. Just the other day, we saw the censorship of mainstream doctors treating patients with COVID-19 being denied a forum on the social media platform. Uh, this is extraordinary. So once you start censoring the mainstream, what is left? What is left? What is the, and as, as, as Dell and, as, and Bobby Kennedy said, this is tyranny. This is a road to tyranny. And many, many people are now waking up to it. Those doctors who were censored on all social media now realize what we in the vaccine safety aware community have been experiencing for a very, very long time. And they're going, wow, all I've ever done is to advocate for mainstream allopathic medicine. And here I find myself denied a voice in the land of the free. This is bizarre. Mm -hmm. And it cannot succeed. It cannot succeed. I feel like the, the only way forward um, is to provide a better solution for everybody. So we educate the public on the fact that they have immune systems that are perfectly capable of handling exposure to COVID if they treat it right, if they give it the building blocks. Um, there's a Dr. Jonathan Wright in the foreword to Dr. one of Dr. Brownstein's books, I just love it. He says something about um, our, our medicine up until now has been based on drugs, patented drugs that can't be found in nature. And we're trying to heal people with molecules that nature didn't invent. And our bodies are not made out of fake molecules. Our bodies are made out of vitamin A and C and zinc and, and sunshine and, and love and, you know, all of that. So it, you know, the whole other paradigm from germ theory, of course, terrain theory is, you know, you, you take in the nutrients and the things that you need. So I've been trying through this whole COVID chaos to find all the working protocols, even some that have the drugs in them, because we just want people to survive um, and, and to help educate people that the, you don't have to be afraid. If, the vac if you choose not to vaccinate, you will not die. Your children won't die. You are empowered to choose healing. But what we need is to somehow change the fact that Tony Fauci will not stand at a podium and say, okay, everybody take your vitamin C, you know? He won't say, go find a good naturopath. The, our, our government and our public health agencies are so um, visibly, I mean, it's not even behind the scenes, it's a public-private partnership on everything. And um, it's so systemic that there's actually like this group, I believe it's called the, uh, the Welcome Group, huge group funded, Gates Foundation, among others, searching for treatments for COVID. While we wait for the vaccine, they're searching for treatments. And the um, it exclusively, I mean, it, it, it excludes vitamins and nutrients and natural therapies. 
it won't let any it won't put any of their money toward that and and yet all around the world naturopaths natural chinese healers and everything are recovering patients beautifully by treating them so i this health revolution that needs to happen it needs to we need to overthrow all of it we need to be able to have the uh, head of the NIAID, which is what Tony Fauci's in, to be able to stand up at a podium and talk about the importance of vitamin D, the importance of nutrients, and, and give equal weight, if not more weight, to this whole other healing paradigm. And I'm sorry, I'm just going off. And, um, but, but, you know, um, Zen Honeycutt, who I know you know, um, has always said, don't offer them a problem without giving them a solution. So solutions, right? Absolutely. I thought the solutions to get rid of Tony Fauci in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's been in that job far too long. It's extraordinary that a civil servant can be in that position for the extended period of time that he has been and what tends to happen in those circumstances that people become corrupt uncorruptible and, uh, and that's why they need to change regularly and rapidly and and what's so disturbing is that his history is full of answers to this if he had brought forth honestly earnestly what he knows in the late in the early 1990s late 80s early 90s is that he was working on the studies of hiv he he was part of a study that showed that n-acetylcysteine nac that one of the amino acids of glutathione it could shut down hiv replication the the information that glutathione is essential to shutting down viral replication that's across the board that's all viruses he knows that. And then recently they did they tested it with Zika, that if you, you if you give a supplement that's got NAC and the two other amino acids, um, and I think there was one other thing in there, um, it was shutting down Zika replication. And there's just so much information that shows that, um, in fact, there's one paper out there that I just love by a, a Russian researcher. He said that when that all of the conditions that make you susceptible to COVID-19 or to SARS-2 infection also deplete your glutathione. And then when you get an infection, viral inf infection depletes glutathione. Tylenol depletes glutathione. And a lot of people for a sign of a fever or a headache, they grab that Tylenol. So, and all of the symptoms of glutathione depletion are the symptoms of COVID. And so he knows this, Dr. Fauci knows this and why he's not up there saying this. And he also knows about the 2005 studies on hydroxychloroquine showing with the original SARS that it would likely do a great job if given early of, of preventing severe illness. So it, it's, you know, if he was a man of integrity, a man of his many years in that position, would have been fabulous because we would have had somebody with wonderful experience um, bringing this great information to us. Um, so again, I'm babbling. Uh, if, if you come on the show again, you, you you will learn when you interact with me that Bernadette likes to talk to us. Sometimes you've just got to interrupt and 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 shut her up. But we've we've got about uh, we've got about five more minutes here. So what else do you want listeners to know and hear about your film? Um, 
tell everybody where they can go see it. Right. I, the key to this film is that it was designed, it was intended to change policy. And that's what it must do. And with the forthcoming election, it is absolutely essential that the American people, the people of the world, get informed, particularly people in this country as we approach November. Get informed, because that the, 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 the film distills it into two hours. What you need to know about how you have been misled, how you have been deceived, and what you need to do about it. And when you vote, who do you vote for? I'll tell you who you vote for. You vote for your children. You vote for their future. You vote for your children's children, your great-grandchildren. You vote for them. And you vote for the politicians who are going to stand up for them and not put the priorities of the welfare of the pharmaceutical industry before the welfare of your children. That is the decision that you have to make. Go to the film, watch it. It's at 1986theact.com, 1986theact.com, where you can stream it. And we're going to make it available on DVD very soon. So you can have it on DVD, you can have hard copy. And we're also going to break it down into chapter by chapter. You'll see when you watch the film that it's based on chapters. And that's going to make it very accessible to people, for example, who are on the way to work and watch it, for, uh, are able to watch something on their phones for eight minutes. So chapter by chapter, it breaks the story down. If you do not make the right decision, the right informed choice going forward about who is going to represent your children in this world beyond you, then we won't get another chance at this for a very, very long time. Because the agenda of the industry and the agenda of those who are their puppets is to have mandatory vaccination from pregnancy the grave for everybody in the world with no exception. That is their agenda, and that is where we are headed unless we take action now. And this COVID-19 issue is really a testbed to see how they can bend the will of the American people to what they are trying to achieve. So please watch this film. The timing of the film even though we didn't anticipate COVID-19, the timing is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And so you are able to reflect upon the past and see where we are headed in the future if we make the wrong direction, the wrong decisions. It is, Please, it's finally, a... one thing, Bernadette. Yes. Please trust in that inner authority. Mothers in particular trust in your inner voice, that inner authority, it is so powerful. And fathers, trust in your wife's inner voice, okay? Because it's far more powerful than the man in the white coat, far more powerful than antibiotics and vaccines and anything that medicine has ever done. Mm -hmm. It is real. It is as real as anything that you've ever read, any science, and more so. And uh, it is extraordinarily important that you take that back you take back that inner authority. Do not defer to Tony Fauci. Defer to 
the instinct that has kept us alive and will keep us alive for many thousands of years if we choose to listen. Exactly. Bringing it all back to, it comes back to the gut, the gut instinct, the gut biome, the um, just who we are on this planet, uh, respecting that, slowing things down. Um, so much of what we have lost in modern life and what we've handed over to other people. One of my favorite expressions is throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We have done that so many times with inventions that we have done thinking we're gonna make life easier for ourselves, um, not realizing the importance of what we're losing when we hand different things over and when we abandon it. And so I think that's just, that's such a, a beautiful uh, way to leave our listeners is to trust your instincts. Um, you know, there, there is that maternal instinct, the, the female instinct. I think, I think that men have their own, um, they have their own, I know a lot of dads that feel as strongly and have it. But I'm, I'm wondering if culturally there is something that sort of um, at times will make them feel they have to take a different approach in order to be not judged as being emotional or something. Because when you listen to that gut instinct, you know, there's that, uh, there can be that little bit of judgment. Um, but it has always it has always served me very well. I, I remember once when I was 18 years old, I was driving home from work. It was like 11 o'clock at night and I pulled up to a four-way stop where I, I usually do a little California glide through at night because no, nobody in this neighborhood. For some reason, I just sat there. I didn't think about it. I just sat there. And as I sat there, a car going about 80 miles an hour went right through the intersection without stopping. Some inner instinct told me, just take a pause. And I did. And I remember that. And I, I think about that when I go through life. Oh, and I see that our time is about up. Dr. Andrew Wakefield, thank you for being on our debut show of Informed Life Radio. It's been such an honor to have you. Everybody go to 1986theact.com. Check out the film. Tell your friends and family. Share it everywhere. I'm Bernadette Pager on 1150 AM KKNW. I'll be here next Friday. See you then. From Africa, that's fake.